Bob Patrick Ryan, President of the Tennessee World Affairs Council. This is our Global Dialogue Plus program where we bring you specialists and insiders talking about important topics of the day. Uh, today, we are joined uh, by uh, Professor Mark Katz. He is Professor of Government and Politics at George Mason University, the Shar School of Policy and Government. Uh, Professor Katz is also non-resident senior fellow at the Atlantic Council and a great friend of the Tennessee World Affairs Council. You can find a number of his uh, programs that he's done with us on our youtube.com slash TNWAC uh, channel. And you can also find his new articles. The collapse of Afghanistan could mean trouble for America's enemies on national uh, uh, interest. And after the fall of Kabul, there will be more Islamist revolutions that is out today in the Hill. But we're gonna talk about the first one, uh, Professor Katz, uh, welcome and uh, thanks for joining us uh, today on Global Dialogue Plus. Well, thanks, it's great to be here again. And uh, as I mentioned, we're gonna talk about the collapse of Af Afghanistan. It, it could mean trouble for America's enemies and perhaps that's the only silver lining in the developments uh, this week that uh, uh, we could see uh, China, uh, Russia, Iran, um, and I would probably uh, include Pakistan in there um, among uh, those, and not necessarily an enemy of America, but certainly um, a, a, a torturous relationship that we've had. So why don't, why don't you take us through uh, your analysis and uh, share with our audience uh, what uh, they can find in that article. And I'll mention that uh, both of those articles will be in our, our notes so people can refer to them, but uh, I'm sure that uh, they will appreciate you uh, outlining what uh, your thoughts are in, in, in that conversation. Very good, we're happy to do so. You know, before 9-11, uh, but after the Taliban had come to power in Afghanistan, it was uh, mainly uh, the neighboring countries that were under threat, uh, that the Russians were very afraid that um, uh, the Taliban will try to spread jihadism into Central Asia. And in fact, in addition to playing host to Al-Qaeda, the Taliban also played host to a group known as the Islamic Movement of Uzbekistan, which launched uh, serious uh, raids up into Central Asia, both in 1999 and in 2000, and appeared to be getting ready for another one in 2001, uh, but we intervened uh, to, and that stopped that. Uh, so the Russians were, uh, and they were, the Russians were supporting, you know, sort of the last non-Taliban groups opposing the uh, Taliban. In addition, Iran, uh, you know, Shia Iran uh, and Sunni jihadist Taliban didn't get along. In fact, they almost went to war in 1998. Uh, along their, their common border. And uh, I don't know at this point that the Chinese were, were worried, but obviously the Chinese have always been worried about uh, their Muslim population in Xinjiang and Afghanistan has a brief border with that. So the US led intervention in Afghanistan, it took place in 9-11 that in many respects, it, it um, took the pressure off of these neighbors. In other words, that the US had, had uh, taken upon itself the burden of fighting the Taliban so that Russia, Iran, China didn't have to do so. Uh, and so long as the US was there, that was the case. Uh, 
But now, of course, with the U.S. gone, uh, will the old situation return? And saying that while they are willing to work with the Taliban, they're very concerned about the situation in Xinjiang. Um, the Taliban, of course, have reassured them that they have no hostile intention toward, toward China. But you can bet that if anything happens in Xinjiang, the first people that the Chinese are going to blame uh, is the Taliban. Similarly, the Russians, they're also trying to uh, ingratiate themselves with the Taliban. But um, you know, these, these governments in Central Asia, uh, especially, I think, Tajikistan, it's, it's possible that... Uh, they might be vulnerable. And of course, Iran has its own, you know, Sunni uh, opposition, you know, on the borderlands. And the thing is this, the Taliban might not actually be interested in causing trouble for their neighbors, but the very fact that they have come back to power is going to um, energize and embolden these groups. You know, if the Taliban could do it, why, why not them? And and maybe they will get some kind of help. Uh, it, it's conceivable. So the fact that the US is not there means that the Taliban problem is now passed off to the, the neighboring countries. And, and you know, they're not gonna be able to have the United States uh, pull their chestnuts out of the fire. They're gonna have to do it on their own. And of course, you know, whenever you reach into a fire, you can get burned. Uh, and so if there is a problem, if the U.S. couldn't resolve this problem, you know, the, um, these, these smaller countries are not necessarily smaller, but the other countries are not going to necessarily do better than the U.S. has done. You mentioned uh, Xinjiang province in, in China and uh, the Taliban uh, have been um, visiting with um, uh, the Chinese foreign minister in, uh, in recent uh, days and weeks, uh, delegations have gone. Uh, do we know what specific interests uh, the Chinese have besides forestalling any influence from uh, the Islamic forces? I, I know, uh, we, you know we've talked in the past about the Belt and Road Initiative and, and Chinese interest in uh, uh, invest, investing in uh, rare earth extraction. So China has uh, a couple of... Uh, things at play here. One is uh, to take advantage of the U.S. withdrawal uh, and also to uh, prevent uh, uh, negative consequences. Right. It's certainly, um, you know, there are a lot of mineral sources apparently in Afghanistan. This wasn't really appreciated or understood before the U.S.-led intervention. And it appears that you know, the Chinese are cognizant of this and uh, you know, uh, obviously have the money with which to buy it. And, you know, it seems like um, if, if economics is the main motive that uh, the Taliban should uh, enjoy a good relationship with China, there's don't bother them with Xinjiang uh, and sell them things that they're willing to pay money for. And can't we all get along on that basis? And, and maybe they can. On the other hand, it's not, it's just not clear that, um, uh, the rise of the Taliban. There is the people who've been talking to the Chinese. Are they really in control over the whole movement? Uh, are there people who have their own agenda? And of course, there are Uyghurs in Afghanistan. Some, you know, I think native. Some who, you know, come there from Xinjiang at some point or through some route. Uh, and they're obviously some of them are going to want to 
uh, get involved in Xinjiang. Uh, but so far, the Taliban have indicated that they're not going to do so. But of course, I think it was back in 2000, they also told the United States that they weren't playing host to Al Qaeda. So no one's quite sure you know, where they stand with the Taliban. And sure. we'll just have to wait and see. Pakistan, any thoughts on uh, what uh, could be consequences for Pakistan with the Taliban ascension? Well, of course, the Taliban, as you mentioned, you know, their main external supporters have been Pakistan, you know, which uh, supported them when they first came to power uh, and then continued to give them assistance, even though cooperating with the U.S. supposedly in the war on terror. And I think that, to tell you the truth, uh, to the extent that the Pakistan has aided the Taliban against the U.S. forces, I think Pakistan has to be considered an adversary of the United States. This is not the uh, activity that uh, a friendly nation would undertake. On the other hand, I think that, you know, in the past, there have been, uh, you know, from the 1950s, you know, when the, under the royal government of Afghanistan, which was a Pashtun dominated, you know, the Taliban are also a Pashtun dominated group, that Afghanistan laid claim to northwestern Pakistan. There was the Pashtun inhabited areas, the border for which between Afghanistan and Pakistan was simply drawn by the British in the late 19th century, the Durand Line, in which um, Afghan governments in the 20th century didn't recognize. Well, Pakistan has no desire to return this territory. And I think that, you know, up, you know, whether it was in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, when there was conflict going on in Afghanistan uh, and that there was a party that was uh, getting assistance from Pakistan, uh, that that party wasn't going to press the border claim. But now with the, Pakistan, with the Taliban back in power, and of course they've inherited an awful lot of left behind American weaponry, how much does the Taliban really depend upon Pakistan anymore? Would they reassert these claims? If they do, you know, Pakistan will have to deal with this on their own. Now, I think what Pakistan is likely to do, in other words, that I don't think that Pakistan, uh, in other words, their commitment to the Taliban always was situational. In other words, if the Taliban are a problem for them, I shouldn't be surprised if Pakistan you know, supports, well, anyone else, you know, ISIS or the different uh, tribal leaders, or perhaps works with some of the other regional countries uh, that um, is what, what their interest in is a weak and divided Pakistan, not a strong, prosperous Pakistan, uh, Afghanistan that can uh, threaten them. Well, you've given us a lot to, uh, to absorb in uh, these days where we're seeing uh, this upheaval in, uh, in that part of the world. And certainly uh, Afghanistan's neighbors will have to take stock of what the uh, uh, ascension of the, of the Taliban in Kabul will mean to them. And uh, the United States will have to recalibrate its foreign policy towards the region and uh, take stock of, uh, of what our uh, adversaries in, in the area uh, could come to expect from the, the Taliban. We've been talking with uh, Professor Mark Katz from the George Mason University Shar School of Policy and Government, where he is a professor of government and politics. He's also a non-resident senior fellow at the Atlantic Council. He has written two terrific uh, articles uh, yesterday and today, uh, the first of which uh, the collapse of Afghanistan could mean trouble for America's enemies. And the after the fall of Kabul, there, there will be more 
will there be more Islamist revolutions, question mark. So uh, take a look at both of those. The uh, links are in our details and we thank uh, Professor Katz for taking time to talk with us today. And thank you, Patrick, for having me once again. Our pleasure, thanks. Have a great day.